You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. A believer can receive healing by appropriating the scriptures. It means a believer can receive his healing simply by seeing what the word of God says and receiving it for himself. That's one way someone receives healing. And I believe because of God's graciousness, he didn't make it that healing can only be received one way. And I'm talking about divine healing. You can receive healing by having someone lay hands on you. Just the simple laying on of hands, according to Mark 16. The Bible says that the believing ones shall lay hands on the sick and that the sick will recover. That's the second way of receiving healing, by laying on of hands. You can receive healing through the communion. We're told in the epistles of Paul... In Corinthians, how that for this cause many are weak and sickly and many die because they will not descend the Lord's body. It means that if they descend the Lord's body, they will be strong, they will be well, and they will live. Amen. So we can receive healing through the communion, the breaking of bread, and partaking of the body and the blood of Jesus as the case is. That's the third way of receiving healing. You can receive healing by being anointed with oil. James taught us that. He said, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And then he says, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he had committed any sins, it shall be forgiven him. That's the fourth way someone can receive healing. Someone can receive healing by the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. There could be a word of knowledge that says there's someone here or whatever, a manifestation of the gift of the Spirit. That's the fifth way someone can receive healing. The sixth way someone can receive healing is through the healing anointing, that's different from the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. Where people that God has specially anointed to minister in that capacity, lay hands, or minister as the Spirit of God leads them, and people get well. That's number what? Six way of receiving healing. The seventh way of receiving healing is what Paul said in Romans 8-11. That's the best one. If the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in your body, 
He said he will vitalize, energize, quicken, make alive your mortal body. It's by stirring the Holy Ghost within you until the sickness is swallowed up. Now, if we have seven ways of receiving healing, why should you be sick? Hello? Why should you stay sick? That's not my teaching for today. How many of you are here for all that God has for you? Praise the Lord. So there are several ways to receive healing. Are we together? Alright? Several ways to receive healing. The young man I just prayed for, it's by the manifestation, it's by the laying on of hands, by the healing anointing, the tangible healing anointing. And that's different. Yesterday we started the discussion. I'd like to continue along those lines. Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? Well, I want to talk about, maybe I'll title it, Gospel of Deliverance. Amen. Glory to God. That's what I want to talk about. Deliverance. Everybody say deliverance. You know, a lot of believers are living in fear. Let me start by mentioning Second Timothy 1 verse 7. And then we'll kick off from there. It says, for God had not given us the spirit of fear. It means that God has not given us the spirit of timidity. He has not given us the spirit of cowardice. He has not given us a spirit that is always trying to escape from problems. He has given us a spirit that confronts and conquers. He said, but of power. He now begins to describe what he has given us. He said, but of power, that's ability. Of love and of a sound mind. If you don't know what you've been given, you will live like someone that doesn't have. I'll take that again. If you don't know what you've been given, you will live like someone that doesn't even have. The ignorant man is not different from the one that doesn't have. He has, but he's ignorant. I read a scripture yesterday from Isaiah chapter 5 verse 13. And um, he was saying, therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. What is captivity? Bondage. So there are a lot of, he said my people. He didn't say people anywhere. He said my people. The scripture is similar to what Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 said. And he said my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Who was God talking about? His people. People that are in covenant with him. But somehow, they are not benefiting from the covenant because they don't have knowledge. Go back to Isaiah chapter 5 verse 13. I love how the construction there. He said, Therefore, my people are gone into captivity. 
What does it mean gone into captivity? That means they were in freedom and they walked into captivity. Praise God. They've gone into captivity. And why? Because. Let's read that part together. I want to go. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Next, let's just read the second part of it. It says, and their honorable men, 13, still 13, and their honorable men are what? Famished. And their multitude dried up with thirst. That means they are not supposed to be famished. They are not supposed to be dried up with thirst. Why? Because there is enough for them. But they don't know. They have no knowledge. And then sometimes what believers hear, instead of helping them come out of captivity, it further tightens the hold of the captor over the captive. And so, God's people that have been promised freedom are still in captivity. Jesus didn't come to bring you into bondage. He came to bring you out of bondage. So, um, this evening, I want to just show you four things you've been delivered from. But I want to remind you of some of the things we talked about yesterday. Amen? And what I want to remind you is this. I said, when you are reading the scriptures, especially the New Testament, it's important to know the tenses. Understand when the scripture says something is going to happen. Understand when the scripture says something is happening. And understand when the scripture says something has already happened. For example, in um, the popular Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who had, what does that mean? Who had what? Blessed us with all spiritual blessings in every places in Christ. What he's saying is that your union with Christ, the moment you came into union with Christ, the moment you were dipped or immersed in Christ, all spiritual blessings, heavenly places were given to you. Amen. It is not in process. Heaven is not processing it. It came with the immersion into Christ. Amen. Now this will be the wrongest time for you to be doing any other thing apart from listening to me. You know the greatest pain to any minister is to see believers that are suffering when they are not supposed to be suffering. And then when the opportunity comes for them to be free, Satan still has them captive because he won't let them listen. And you see someone come for a meeting like this. He is having problems. He has skin infection on his back that's been full for eight years. He's pressing his phone. 
I, I don't, you understand what I'm talking about? He has a swelling in his body that had defied medication and every medical um, advice. And then you wonder, you come for a meeting. Then you say, well, I went for that program. I've tried that program. You've not tried anything. You've tried nothing. That you came here doesn't mean everything's going to work out fine. You have to come here and receive the medication of the spirits. Let me just open your eyes a little to how demons operate. Before I get into the deliverance. Because a lot of people don't know how demons operate. They think how demons operate is that when the demons show up, they will tell you, I am here. No, the Bible talks about the wiles of the devil. Alright? The wiles of the devil. If you read Ephesians, the 6th chapter, from verse 10 down to 18, it was telling us how our fight, our wrestle, is not against flesh and blood. Then it starts telling us what it's against. It talks about the wiles, the devices, the tricks. The machinations of the evil one. How he achieves his purpose in the life of an individual. There are some of you here, and I'm saying this by the Spirit of God. That your problem, as you were coming, the demons didn't follow you into the church. They waited at the gates. Once you go out, they will follow you again. There are different levels of demonic spirits. There are some that the moment I walk up the platform, they will leave. There are some that won't leave that way. Hello? You have to understand that. Jesus was with someone that was possessed. He was talking with the father of the, of the young man. And the demon was operating. The child fell right in the presence of Jesus. There were also demons that Jesus came into the synagogue or into yeah, the synagogue and then he was reading and the demons were crying out. He has not talked to them yet. Are you understanding me? They were shouting. But they are the ones that waited until he said, come out. They didn't go. The madman of gatherings that had the demon, legion. He was in an area by himself. Nobody can pass that place. He will cut himself with stones. And that demonic spirit, see, one of the ways you know that someone is influenced by a demon is when they do things that will hurt even them. So you are pressing phone. You are doing something that will hurt you. It's demonic. They, they don't think. They just move as they feel. They, they, are, they, they lack what you call restraints. Amen. There's no restraining power at work. So they will do something that will kill them. That will hurt them. And if, when you find an attitude where someone starts saying, I don't care, I don't care. He's under the influence of a demon.
So you can come for this kind of meeting. And then he will look for somebody. You just be there. Then you are pressed. You weren't pressed since. You were watching two movies before you came. You were not pressed throughout the movies. 30 minutes into the message, you are pressed. Then Satan begins to push your friends that didn't come for the program to call you. Call him now. Call her now. And they start calling you. And sending you text messages. Tempting you to respond. And get distracted. Listen, let me speak something to you. Your mind has to be here for you to be blessed. Go and read your scriptures. Look at the lives of um, people like Joseph in the Bible, that, that the carpenter, that was a custodian to Jesus, the, the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus. If you read the scriptures carefully, you will see. The Bible says, while he taught on these things, the angel appeared. That means that his mind was on those things. Amen. Keep your mind here. Your mind is the doorway to your spirit. Anything your mind pays attention to will influence you ultimately. So some people don't understand. And they think maybe you say, oh, demons, demons, demons. That, 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 that's a far-fetched story. No. They are very near. Very near. Nearer than you think. There are some, uh, uh, some, some, some infections people carry. It's caused by an evil spirit, an unclean spirit. You've taken this drug, you've done this one, you've done that one, it has not gone. Amen? And then, the time that your help is supposed to come, you can pay attention. There's a young man I used to know. I've known him for years. And he's, 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 you know, when the Bible uses the word, especially in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when he talks about demons, the language used Although the King James would say possessed with demons, but he didn't put it that way. He would say demonized. That's the way it was. So, this young man, I knew was under the influence of devils. He comes to church. You see, people know him as someone that has attended church all his life. Attending church all your life <laughs> does not mean that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> You, you cannot, you will still not be under the influence of devils if you don't yield to God's word. But let me tell you his story. He has been at any church. I've known him for many years. So, um, but we were not close until he started coming around here. I'd known him before I became a pastor. You can imagine how long. Amen. I'd known him before I became a pastor. I didn't even know he was still alive until I saw him walk into our church one day. Oh. 
and I, and I asked him once, do you know me? He said, yeah, yeah, I know you. I, I knew you were from way back. So I said, okay, how did you hear about this church? He told me. I started observing him. One day I had a discussion with him and I said, and I found out that he doesn't give offerings. He doesn't believe in it. He doesn't take communion. He doesn't believe in it. At that time we were having um, what they call morning prayers. We used to do morning prayers every Tuesday years ago. And so um, I used to say, so one of these I said, and I, I purposely did that. He's having issues. Then I called him and I said, um, you don't come for midweek services. Alright? I think you should come for the morning prayers on Tuesday. Come for the morning prayer on Tuesday. He said, Pastor, I don't go out early in the morning. Now let me explain why I'm telling you this. Satan has ensured, I call it, I call what I call power points, that he is disconnected from everywhere the power of God can touch his life. Are you listening to me? So, he doesn't pray in tongues. If you say, um, those of you that want to be minister to come, he won't come out for hands to be laid on him. He doesn't give. He doesn't come for prayer meeting. He doesn't take communion. Are you not seeing that it's Satan? So be careful of what you say you don't believe in. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that. Let me tell you something. One way Satan puts you in a wrong place is by making you believe a lie. Some of you are looking at me somehow. First Timothy 4, 1 and 2. In First Timothy chapter 4, look at what he said. And he was talking to the church, believers. He says, now, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in latter times, which we are in, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to what? Seducing spirits. Now, when the Bible uses the word seducing, actually, I'm not trying to say deceiving spirits. Everybody say deceiving spirits. That deceiving spirits. That has deceived the young man not to believe in communion. That has deceived the young man not to believe in giving and receiving. That has deceived him not to believe in communion. And those same spirits are still all over the internet today. So they have accounts on Facebook. And they are your friends. Amen. Deceiving spirits. What did he say? He said, these people are giving it means listening to seducing spirits. They are paying attention to seducing spirits. And doctrines of devils. How do you know a doctrine that is of the devil? Any doctrine that tries to belittle, mock Christ and the church is a doctrine of the devil. Did you hear me? Yeah, that's how to know. Any doctrine that tries to belittle Christ, his death, burial, resurrection, and church, his body, is a doctrine of devils. You know, some people make some statements. I saw a statement today. I was just upset, you know. You know, say, well, God, what God is doing now is bigger than the body of Christ. There's nothing bigger than the body of Christ. Nothing can be bigger than the body of Christ. Are you listening to me? What God is doing, He's doing through the body of Christ and for the body of Christ. It can never be bigger than the body of Christ. Are you listening to me? 
Don't talk carelessly. The church is called, 1 Timothy 3.15, the pillar and ground of truth. Second Timothy there. First, I'm correct. The ground of truth. Now, do you know something? Every day you come to church, any influence that is not godly, the hold of it is broken. Because when we go out in the world, a lot of things come on us. The Bible calls them imaginations. High things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of Christ. Every day. It could be on newspaper. It could be on television. It could be on the internet. It could be in the taxi, in the bus, on the streets, in your neighborhood. Every day those thoughts are coming to you. And what's the aim? To make you shift ground. Amen. Alright? To make you shift ground from what you have believed. To make you shift ground from the truth. And so you have a lot of believers. Go to church. But the truth is this. They've never really allowed God's word gain root in their spirit. And they're the ones that later on begin to ask questions. Eh, are you sure of this thing now? All this thing now? Me even are talking, uh, are you, you know, they'll be the ones talking all those things. <laughs> Years ago, a brother, you know, was coming to church. And then, uh, I think something, he was offended about something, I don't know what it was. So he walked up to me and said, um, um, he think, I, I think my time, in this church has finished you know I've, um, what God sent me to do I have completed it so I want to move so I now asked I said God sent you here he said yes I said okay is it possible that God sent you here and he did not tell me what he wants you to do <laughs> he now asked I said is it possible that God sent you here at least God knew I was here are you understanding me and then he sent you, he, he knew I was here, right? He sent you here, he knows who the pastor is. Is it possible that he sent you here? He didn't tell me what he sent you here for. He kept quiet. I said, if I don't know what he sent you to do, or if I don't know that you are finished, how can you now tell me you are finished? Amen. I said, you have not even started what he sent you to do. Amen. Because you have not done anything since you came. Amen. I said, since you came, you've not done anything. You know, some people can just speak Christianese and they are the, under the influence of devils. The Bible calls it deceiving spirits. First, they are deceived. And then they deceive others. Are you with me? Glory to God. So don't be distracted. Amen. I was trying to read First um, Corinthians chapter First Timothy four. Let's read it down. Uh, did I read verse two? I read verse one only. Okay, so he said, "Now the spirit speaker, especially in last time, some shall depart from." He didn't say everybody. Some, and some are today. Amen. Depart from the faith. This scripture already means that somebody can depart from the faith. Amen.
giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Verse 2. Speaking lies in hypocrisy. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Next. Verse 3. Then they start, they bring up rules for themselves that make people believe that what they are doing is religious, forbidding to marry. Amen. And commanding to abstain from meats. Now it's talking about food. So there are some things they don't eat. So, you know, if you want to really be spiritual, you have to be a veg, vegetarian. There are certain things you, you know, see, the leader of spirit now is, what's that in Keto is the leader of spirit. Nonsense. And you know what the scripture said here? Is that forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meat which God had created to be received with thanksgiving. It's here with thanksgiving. <laughs> of them that believe and know the truth. Now, don't forget where it started from. It's saying doctrines of devils. And it's telling you one of the doctrines that they always bring up. Are you listening to me? Lift your hand say, I refuse to be under the influence of any demonic spirits in the name of Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. So I want to show you four things you've been delivered from. Alright? And um, I believe this will help everyone. Because most of the time, a lot of believers are living in fear. Some of them think that something is chasing them. Someone is looking for them. You know how a criminal in natural life is hiding from the police. There are some believers in spirit realm that are hiding from demons. Amen. (laughs) So they become criminals, so to speak. All right? They are afraid to sleep. <laughs> I don't even know where some people got all those things they talk about from. It's not in the Bible. Amen. I said it's not in the Bible. He said, well, 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 you know, it's, 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 it's demonic to eat in the dream. Chapter what verse what? Eat in the dream. So, they tell you to fill a form. Do you eat in dream? Tick. Do you fly in the dream? Tick. Do you drink water in the dream? Tick. Do you walk with your two legs in the dream? Tick. Do you... Are you understanding me? Now, the question is this. You know, listen. And I don't want to go too far into that. But let me just give you just wisdom. Alright? Anything that is a sin in real life is a sin in the dream. Everything that is not a sin in real life is not a sin in your dream. Is it a sin for you to eat? Please, eat in your dream. Because sometimes your dream will be long and you will get hungry. Eat. <laughs> if you stayed in the dream, morning, afternoon, night, reach in the dream. Eat. Amen. Are you understand what I'm saying? Eat. Always thank the people that gave you food. Be thankful. Be polite. Be courteous. 
If it's a restaurant, pay. Amen. The only thing you shouldn't do, you're doing someone say, um, 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 I'm a single. Is it, is, you know, is it right for me to fornicate in my day? Are you fornicating in real life? If you are not fornicating, you are not supposed to fornicate in real life. You are not supposed to fornicate in your dream. Amen. So, if it's a sin in, 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 in real life, then it's a sin in the dream. A young lady walked up to me one time. She said, um, Pastor, oh, I don't like the dream I had. I said, what was the dream? She said, I saw myself um, uh, in a high building. There's no staircase. I don't even know how I got there. I said, you're a witch now. I said, hey. I said, that's what you want to hear. You, that's what you want somebody to tell you. Is that not? Okay, you're a witch. Receive it. I said, why is it that you would think about? Why didn't you think about the scripture that says you are seated in heavenly places far above? You know why? Because someone has already taught you wrong. And so you believe wrong. Wrong thinking will produce wrong believing and will produce wrong results in your life. Hallelujah. They said, I was walking to walk. I hit my right leg on the, on the stone. They said, that thing is a bad thing. Who is the day? <laughs> Chapter what verse what? Amen. Maybe if you're interpreting it in context of scripture, okay, you say, no, 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 no. The revelation I got was that the Bible says that he has given his angels charge over me, lest I dash my foot. So my foot was that. That means the angel is not with me. <laughs> okay, I will receive that one. But you say, our people say, <laughs> I will ask you, where are your people now? <laughs> are they still here? Praise the Lord. Am I communicating? See, if anything is not consistent with what Jesus did for you, don't listen to it. Don't receive it. Don't accept it. Praise the Lord. So, we're talking about the past tense, present tense, future tense of the word. If Jesus said it's done, it's done. If he said he will do it, then don't say it is done. Amen. Am I communicating? That's just how you interpret scriptures. Some people are trying to lay claims to what God didn't say. Amen. Then you're on your own. Yeah, you're on your own. So what I've done is that I want to help you know what you've been delivered from. Not what you will be delivered. There are things that you will be delivered from. There are things that you are being delivered from. But there are things you've already been delivered from. Are you listening to me? So I want to show you four things you've been delivered from already. You don't have to pray about those things. Amen. Am I communicating? 
What I mean is that you don't have to tell the Lord to deliver you from those things because you're already delivered from them. There are things that you should pray about. There are things you should cry out to God about. And you know the funny thing? Some people are not even praying about the things they should pray about. I hear some believers are praying, Oh God, give us great faith, Lord. Give us great faith, Lord. But even in scripture, the disciples came to Jesus. And they were asking how they were going to have faith. Amen. Great faith. He didn't say, this is what I will do for you. He said, if you have faith. As it, that means he said, the, way to, the answer means, the way to great faith is use the one you have. Amen. That's what he was saying. Use the one you have. First, you have to realize that you have it. Praise the Lord. So I want to show you the first thing. The first thing you've been delivered from, I mentioned it yesterday, but I just want to give you the scriptures. Amen. Let's look at Romans chapter 7. I'll read verse 6. Okay, let's start this way. It will be more helpful for us if we start this way. How many of you know that you've been delivered from sin? I know some people don't know. Some people think that it's when they leave this world they will be delivered from sin. They say, you've been delivered from sin. Say sin. <laughs> if I say, don't understand what I'm talking about. Me and sin. <laughs> we are one. <laughs> the first thing I want to establish is that you've been delivered from sin. Say, I've been delivered from sin. Say again, I've been delivered from sin. Let's first of all read Romans 6. Then we'll get to 7. Just follow me. In Romans chapter 6, I will pick um, a few verses. Let me start with verse 7. I'll read 7, 14, 18, 20, and 22. I hope you got it. 7, 14, 18, 20, and 22. Now, you know the book of Romans. Um, verse 1. Let's start from verse 1, please. So we'll get to 7. Look at the argument here. What shall we say then? Because he has been talking about the grace of God, the grace of God, the grace of God. They say, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? So that grace will show itself. What's the answer? No, if, no, because the scripture I give you the answer. Some of you have an answer different from the scripture. Go back to verse 1. Some of you is, of course. Why not? Amen. Amen. 
But the scripture doesn't think that way. Paul didn't think that way. Amen. He said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? That means there are some people that thought they should continue in sin. Amen. Because of the message Paul preached. So he was asking, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Then he answered the question. Thank God Paul answered. Verse 2. What did he say? God forbid. What does God forbid mean in your village? Say it in pidgin English. Yeah. <laughs> Some of you understand it. <laughs> so, I'm going to say it again. You will answer in the way everybody will understand. Alright? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? <laughs> One more time. Amen. They might title the message to Fiaqua. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now, what was, the, what was the point he was driving at? Look at the next verse. Verse 2 here. He says, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? How? He now says in verse 3. But this is where we're going to. Verse 7 is where I'm going to. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. He's not talking about water baptism here. He's talking about being immersed in Christ. Amen. Verse 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also shall walk in the newness of life. Verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man, is not talking about your father. I know in pidgin English, your old man is your father. Amen. <laughs> He's talking about the man that was before you got born again. Amen. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Christ, that the body of sin might be destroyed. That means the principle, that sin nature has been destroyed. Amen. Amen. That henceforth we should not serve sin. If sin calls, you say, at your service. No, don't serve sin anymore. You are no more at his service. Amen. But verse 7 is where we're going to. Let's read together. I want to go. Who is dead? You. He said, the old man is crucified with Christ. That means you are dead to sin. Now what it means by being dead is that if a human being dies from this world and you come and share cake, he cannot partake of the cake. Are you understanding me? It means that he's cut off from being a part of whatever is going on in this world. The scripture is saying that you are dead. That means you'll be cut off from every way. Anything that tries to invite you to partake of sin. Amen. For he that is dead, but my, the focus here is freed from sin. I will say freed. Freed. From what? What it means is that the bondage of sin has been broken. Is that not what scripture is saying? 
That means you have been delivered. Amen. Are we together? Everybody say delivered. You have been delivered from what? From sin. You are not going to be. You are. So if a believer decides to sin, it's not because sin has dominion over him. It's because he wants to. Are you understanding me? And the scripture says he has to be tempted to sin. Because the principle of sin had been dealt with when he got born again. Amen. Verse 14. Let's read together. I want to go. Say, personalize it. Want to go. What does it mean to have dominion? It means that you don't want to go. Let's go, let's go, let's go there. Let's go there. Two shots. <laughs> it says sin shall not. Amen. Have dominion. Meaning that the day you got born again, you have been delivered from sin. Amen. Let me put it better. You've been rescued from sin. You have to accept it. Say, I've been rescued. I've been delivered from sin. Now, there are two ways sin is mentioned in scripture. One is sin without an S. That's singular. Then sins. S-I-N with S. Plural. They don't mean the same thing. Amen. When the Bible says sin, S-I-N, it's talking about the nature of sin. When it says sins, S-I-N-S, it's talking about the acts of sin. Are you listening to me? Nature of sin and the acts of sin are not the same thing. But it's the nature of sin that produces the acts of sin. Am I communicating? Now, what Jesus has done is that he has dealt with the nature of sin. Am I communicating? Yeah. And then, your mind has to be reformatted. Amen. To accept that the nature of sin has been dealt with. Because your body is used to the acts of sin. Maybe you are this kind of person that when you pass somewhere, you just pick something. Pew. Pew. You have fast fingers. Sometimes you say, what do I even carry this in and do safe? Why did I collect it? <laughs> then you're born again. And then, phew, <laughs> the hand is walking by itself. The Bible says, no. The nature of sin has been destroyed. It has been dealt with. Am I communicating? Now, in that gives counsel, let me just talk about stealing. It says, let him that stole Still no more in Ephesians. What thing that let the mind change? The thing that's making him steal is that he thinks that there's no other way he can get something except he steals it. And then the mindset has to be addressed by the word of God. Let him that stole steal no more. Amen. But that thing inside him that makes him a thief, it has been dealt with. Say sin shall not have dominion over me. I am not under the law. But under grace. Amen.
What's the next verse I told you? 18. Let me read all of them. So the first deliverance is that you have been delivered from sin. That's the point I'm making. Verse 18 says, But then, being made free from sin, you became what? The servants of righteousness. Now let me tell you one secret here. If you don't serve righteousness, you will still see acts of sin in your life. Amen. There's no free space. He said you are made free from sin so that you become a servant of righteousness. Amen. Let's read together. Say, being then made free from sin, you became what? The servant of righteousness. That means that the same way sin made you do what you didn't want to do, righteousness will carry you now. Amen. Am I communicating? You became servants of righteousness. Say, I'm a servant of righteousness. I'm not a servant of sin. You know why? Some of you are not saying it. We are planning to do something wrong. Now let me tell you something. See, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. How in the, in, in the gospel, in Christianity, our confession is the first place of transformation. How did you even get born again? After you believed in your heart, you had to make a confession. Are you understanding me? You say, well, 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 um, something happened yesterday. It even happened today. What you are saying will correct you. Amen. Are you listening to me? Let's read it together. I want to go. Being then made free from sin, ye became servants of... Now, do you understand that? He's talking like it has already happened. You've been made free. He's not saying you will be. You've been made free. So you have been delivered. Amen. Say it again. I've been delivered from sin. Say it three more times. Some of you, when you meet sin, sin will say, you have been delivered from me. <laughs> because you have been delivered from sin. <laughs> Verse 20. And then we'll read 22. I wanted to establish this one. Before we run along with the other ones. For when ye were. That means you are no more. Let's read together. I want to go. For when ye were the servants of sin. You were free from righteousness. Are you getting the picture now? That means you are no more. You are not a servant of sin. Amen. Now if you are not born again. You have not received Jesus. You are a servant of sin. But you can be free today. Amen. I'm talking to those that have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It says you were the servants of sin. For when you were the servants of sin, you... So it's telling you what has already been done. You have been delivered from sin. The last verse 22. Then we'll move on to chapter 7. It says, being now made, uh, But now, being made free from sin and become servants to, to God, you have your fruit unto what? Holiness and the end everlasting life. Amen. What's your fruit? What's coming out of your life? Amen. Your character, your behavior. Amen. Are we together? Say it three more times. I've been delivered from sin. I've been delivered from sin. I've been delivered from... Amen. Number two. You've been delivered from the law. 
Romans 7, 6. The first thing you've been delivered from is that you've been delivered from sin. There are many other scriptures I would have shown to you, but I've stayed long on this one. Several other scriptures I were given to you. If you want to still write down the scriptures, I can give them to you. Galatians 1, 4, for deliver from sin. Titus 2, 14, deliver from sin. Amen. Uh, Galatians 1, 4 says that, Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. So he gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. Alright? The other one says something similar that he might redeem us and purify us as, uh, unto zealous, uh, as zealous. How does he put it now? Um, go back to tight. Yes, thank you. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Amen. All that proves that you've been delivered from sin. But now I want to focus on that you've been delivered from the law. Now some people think that when they look through the Bible, they say they look through their Bible. Uh-huh. Thou shall not. Let's look for all the thou shall not. Thou shall not one. Thou shall not two. Thou shall not three. Thou shall not until they themselves are thou shall not. Amen. And they are looking for more. Or say, say, Pastor, I feel that I have not done enough for the Lord. Can you just show me more things I can do for the Lord? Amen. You know, <laughs> it reminds me of that rich young ruler that met Jesus and said, Look. I've done everything. Amen. And then Jesus said, okay, okay, just add this one. Go and give all that you have to the poor. Amen. So, if there's anybody here that wants to do more for the Lord, come, I will tell you. I will tell you what to do. Amen. First, you remove your shoe and keep in church. You drop your wristwatch, empty your pocket. Amen. Are you with me? You give all that you have, then come and follow me. I'm going everywhere I'm preaching. Just follow me. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding me? And that's it. <laughs> then you're completing him. <laughs> the law here talks about, and it talks about the fact that when God entered into covenant with the children of Israel, there were demands he made on them. This and this and this is what you do so that I will do this and this and that. Now, but the scripture is telling you that the day you got born again, you were not just delivered from sin. Romans 7, 6. Let's just read it quickly. It says what? But now we are delivered from the law that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the flesh. Of the letter, sorry. Amen. So, what are we delivered from? What are you delivered from? Say, I'm delivered from the law. Someone say, what does the law mean? The law means everything that is, that everything that was requested from anyone that was under the old covenant. Let me just give you another scripture. Um, Galatians 3 verse 13. Galatians 3 13. Just go there quickly. Galatians 3.13 What does it say? Christ has redeemed us From what? Continue Amen Christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law 
being made a cause for us. Now, you know, the word redeemed and delivered are used sometimes interchangeably. Amen. Because the purpose of redemption was to deliver you. Amen. So, the word redeemed means that he bought you back. Something or someone held you captive and he paid what a ransom to get you. Amen. Am I communicating? Some of you are looking at me like, you know, it's not... There are scriptures like that that use redeemed and delivered interchangeably. Romans eleven twenty six and um, Isaiah forty nine twenty and twenty one. Isaiah um, Romans eleven twenty six was quoting what was said in Isaiah forty nine twenty and twenty one. And here, let's just look at it because someone was doubting. Amen. <laughs> and so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, there shall come out of Zion what. The deliverer. I was say the deliverer. It's talking about Jesus. Christ is our deliverer. All right. He shall come out of Zion. The deliverer. Now, he was quoting the scripture. It is written. That's what he said. And shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Let's go to the scripture he was quoting. Okay. You will see that instead of deliverer, he said redeemer. Amen. Am I correct? Go down twenty one. Let me just see. There's a scripture I'm looking for. No, I didn't get it. Um, let me just check. Thank you, Lord. Follow me. He was quoting the scripture in Isaiah 49. I'm correct. Try 11. Let me just... I don't have it anywhere. 59. I, I made a mistake. 59. 59. 5-9-21. Thank you. Watch now. It says, And the Redeemer, is this scripture is quoting, shall come to what? Zion. And unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, said the Lord. Are you getting what I'm showing you? This scripture was quoted in the New Testament and was quoted as deliverer. But in the old, in the, in the, in the, in the New Testament, sorry. In the Old Testament, it was quoted as what? Redeemer. So, Redeemer, Deliverer was used what? Interchangeably. Are we together? So, let's go back to Christ as redeemed us from the cause of the law. So, we can say Christ had delivered us. Amen. Galatians 3.13. Christ had delivered us. From what? From the curse of the law. Amen. Being made a cause for us, for it reason cause everyone to hang it on the tree. I want to just talk a little about causes here. There are some people that believe that they are under a cause. Amen. And if you're under a cause, it's either you're under the cause of the law, or you're under the cause that came upon Adam. Hallelujah. You know, there was a curse. It's not that God cursed Adam, God cursed the earth, but there was a curse. As a result of his obedience. The cause of death. Amen. Anyone that eats of this tree shall die. That's a curse. You don't know what a curse is? A curse is an invocation of evil. Alright? In English, what you call an imprecation. Not impli. Imprecation. When invoke evil on someone. And in the in the Greek... There are two words for curse. One is anathema, the other is katara. Now here, 
he said, look, Christ has redeemed us from that invocation of evil that God brought. So, Adam, listen, by Adam's disobedience, all of mankind was cursed, the cause of death, separation from God. But the Bible tells you that by the obedience of Christ, that cause has been reversed. So is it the cause of Adam? It was reversed. If it's the cause of not obeying the law, Christ has redeemed you from that one. He said, eh, 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 what about the cause of my father? Amen. <laughs> the cause of, that was upon my parents, what do you call it now? Uh, genetic, eh? Generational, kaya. Generational causes. Now let me ask you one thing. What can be more generational than your genealogy in Christ? Some people don't understand what it means to be born again. Being born again means that your spiritual, you've been yanked off a former spiritual lineage and implanted into a new spiritual lineage. When you got born again, you connected with a new generation. And in that generation, there are generational blessings. That's what Ephesians 1.3 was telling you. Blessed be the God and Father who had blessed. is a generational blessing. It's for anyone that is now in Christ. It means that the day you got born again, any other cause that was invoked upon you has been suspended. What's a blessing? A blessing is not just an empowerment to prosper. It is a, a, an expulsion of a curse. A blessing is a force that reverses a curse. Say, I'm the blessed of the Lord. Say again, I'm the blessed of the Lord. Say again, I'm the blessed of the Lord. Amen. Maybe I should do another seminar on the courses. I should take it from you know, different angles. We'll touch on several things. But that's not what I'm dealing with today. So Christ has redeemed us from the law. So the point is that you have been delivered from the law. What's the first thing you've been delivered from? Say, I've been delivered from sin. What's the second thing you've been delivered from? Amen. Now, let me give you more scriptures. Romans 10, verse 4. Romans 10, verse 4. When Christ came, he came to fulfill the law. So, you don't owe the law anything. I say you don't owe the law anything. You to surprise you to know that because you are not even Jewish, you were not even under the law in the first place. But look at what it says here. Romans 10.4. Let's read together. I want to go. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. You know, some people argue and say, well, there were three kinds of laws. There was a civil law. So I'm answering you. Amen. Some of you, you know... There's ceremonial law, there's a civil law, then there were other laws. Listen to me. The, the moral, the, the thing behind the law was for God to state his expectation from a man that we please him. Amen. Are we together? The law is simply God's expectations. Am I communicating? 
And the consequence of not meeting his expectation. So Christ came and met the expectation of God for you. You didn't hear me well. Christ came to meet that expectation that no, no human can meet on his own. He came and met the expectation. And as long as you trust Christ, the benefits of Jesus meeting the expectation become your benefits. You didn't hear me well. You didn't hear me well. I don't know if you want to sleep. Every demonic spirit that... <laughs> are you under attack? Let's read it together. I want to go. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believe it. Give me the New Living Translation. I think the one I, 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 I love so much. Um, thank you. Now, slowly now, read this one. Want to go. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. Amen. Christ has what? Already. Ever say already. already. Accomplished what? The purpose for which the law was given. Somebody asked me one. He said, what if only me? See, because I love the law so much, I still want to obey. I know that Jesus forgave my sin, but I still want to obey the law. <laughs> the Bible says, the purpose for which the law was given has already been fulfilled. Jesus fulfilled it. You want another scripture? Matthew 5.17. Amen. Go to Matthew chapter 5. Jesus said, this is Jesus talking, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to what? Fulfill. So has he come? Has he been fulfilled? Case closed. So say with me, I've been delivered from sin. Number two, I've been delivered from the law. Now let me tell you why these things are important. These are the things that matter. Sin, the hold of sin. Are we together? The hold of sin. The hold of sin. Now to prove to you this. You remember Isaiah chapter 61? The Bible says the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The king, the, the, in the Old Testament. That same scripture is in, uh, uh, is in Luke chapter 4 verse 18. Let's look at the one in Isaiah 61 verse 1. Read it with me. Want to go? The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord had anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He had sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to them that are bound. Let's read the last part from to proclaim. The last part together. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to them that are bound. That means that the way captives will be free is by proclaiming liberty to them. Amen. Amen. It's not by pouring something inside their eye. It's not by telling them to go and swim somewhere. It said to proclaim. Everybody say proclaim. proclaim. The proclaim means to announce, to preach what I'm doing now. I'm proclaiming liberty to the captives. Amen. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of prison to them that are bound. That means that the gospel is the gospel of deliverance. Anytime the gospel is preached, captives are set at liberty. This scripture in Isaiah, follow me now. I focused on that line because we're going to meet it in Luke 4 when Jesus quoted it. When he quoted it, 
he modified it. Amen. And gave it a deeper meaning for us to understand it. Remember? Go back, go back, go back first. Remember that line? Go back to the line. Go back to the line. Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah is what I'm saying. Go back to Isaiah. Can you highlight that place? To proclaim liberty to the captives. Because I want you to see it in Luke 4 verse 18. To proclaim liberty to captives. If the Bible you're using is your own market. Amen. To proclaim liberty. If it's not your own, don't mark it. Amen. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Never forget that. Did you get that? Alright, we'll move to Luke 4 18 and read it now in Luke 4 18. Thank you. Flip Luke 4 18. I've woken up. Luke 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What the Old Testament called good tidings, the Bible called it good gospel. Are you seeing that? But that's not where we're going to. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach what? I, I thought it was to proclaim liberty. Amen. What was called proclaiming liberty to the captives? Forget, don't, remember the captives. Remember the captives. What was happening to the captives in, in, in Isaiah? They were proclaiming liberty to the captives. Amen. But what is being done in the Luke's version of it? He's saying what? To preach deliverance. That means the way to proclaim liberty is by preaching deliverance. The gospel is the deliverance. That means if somebody is demonized, bring him to hear the gospel. You didn't hear me well. If someone is demonized, bring him to hear the gospel. To preach deliverance to the captives. And do you know what? It will amaze you to know that in the Greek, the word deliverance there is not the same word that you know as deliverance. In all that I talked about yesterday, I was teaching you about deliverance because I read from Colossians 1. And the word deliverance there was Romahi. Alright? But the word that was translated here as deliverance is aphesis, which means for remission of sin. That means the real deliverance that a man needs is to be delivered from sin. That's the first and the entry point of every deliverance. Amen. To be delivered from sin. And I'm saying that you have been delivered from sin. That means you are delivered. I said you are delivered. Why did we even come here? So, deliverance from sin, deliverance from the law, the third deliverance. Amen. The third thing you've been delivered from, Colossians 1.13. 13 flows from verse 12, which says, Giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in lights. Then verse 13 now says, Who had delivered us, amen, from the power of darkness, from the exousia, the authority of darkness, from the domain and the territory of darkness, we've been rescued. To be rescued means that you've been taken away forcefully, amen. What Christ came to do was to snatch you away from the domain of darkness. Now, understand something. 
The first thing you are delivered from was sin. Everybody say sin. The second thing you are delivered from was what? Law. The third thing you are delivered from is Satan himself. Amen. Satan. Satan. Now, you might wonder why is he in that order? No. (laughs) You don't understand. What sin has done to you is the reason why Satan has an influence over your life. Amen. Then secondly, the law. If God could deliver you from his own law, is it from Satan he cannot deliver you? You didn't hear me well. If God, there's nothing higher than the law of God. Amen. If God could deliver you from his own law. The Bible says the law is holy, the law is spiritual. But he delivered you from the law. Why? Because you could not fulfill it. Amen. Then is it Satan that he can't deliver you from? And the scripture is telling that you have been delivered from the power of darkness. This is not what will happen. It has already happened. Say, I'm already delivered. I'm already delivered from sin. I'm already delivered from the law. I'm already delivered from Satan. Now listen to me. Listen, you have been delivered from the power of darkness. Now he didn't just deliver you. Now let me explain what deliverance is. Um, um, uh, Pastor Day, come. Let me use you for example. Um, come, come. Hold him very well. Hold, hold. Put your hand around him. Yes, hold him. Yes. Now, this is how the devil had you. Amen. Before you got born again. I remember that the Bible says that it puts it this way. It said, the sting of death is sin. I'm quoting 1 Corinthians 15, 56. The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. Amen. Are we together? Alright. He said the sting of death is sin and then the strength of sin is the law. The, what empowers sin in your life is that there is a law and now you have been delivered from that law. You have been delivered from sin. But Satan still wants to have a hold over your life. And then the Bible says, who had delivered us from? Delivered means he has rescued you. Mm. Amen? He had delivered us. Are you understanding me? From the power of darkness. He didn't stop there. My brother, you know, if I deliver you from the power of darkness, you know, this is a, 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 a boy was bullying another child. A smaller child. And then somebody that's driving past say, Hey! Leave him! Come on, leave him! And then he starts driving away. Ah! The boy say, Ah! Ah! You, you have not helped me. Are yeah, you understanding me? Because now he's, before, before now he was angry with me. Now he's going to be angrier with me. Because when you say, Leave him! Leave him! You are better carrying him at once and go. Is that also? They say, Come on, leave that boy. Then you drive away. He will just wait for the man to go. You are dead though. Now, you think God is not smarter than that? Amen. God did not deliver you and leave you there. I say, He did not deliver you and leave you there. He said, Who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us? Amen. Are you understanding me? To the kingdom of His dear Son. Now, why are you being translated? So that you will now be far above. All principality and power, might, dominion, every name that is named in this world and in the world to come. That's why he delivered you. Are you getting the picture? And translated you. The word to translate means he transferred you away. Amen. So you are not delivered and left where you used to be. Say I'm delivered and translated. Say my deliverance has a translation plan. Say again, my deliverance 
had a translation plan. That means when you are delivered, you are not left alone. You are translated. What it means is that you are delivered and you are away from the reach of the power of darkness. Amen. Amen. Now let me tell you how the kingdom operates. In the mind of God and in scriptures, how it lays out it, it's not saying that you are the one running from the devil. No, 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 no. no. He said you are the one confronting the devil. The Bible says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Understand something here. Gates don't move. Gates are stationary. So the gates of hell are in one place. It's the church that is going to look for trouble. Are you understanding me? It's the church that is rising and going anywhere is a gate of hell. Approach it. Amen. Are we together? So, we are the church. It means the church is an advancing church. It's a progressive church. It's a confronting church. It's a conquering church. It's a victorious church. It's a transfer, transfer, triumphant church. It is you. Amen. Amen. And it's being built. That means getting bigger. It's expanding. You are expanding and pulling down pillars and things, establishments that Satan has put in people's lives and in territories. Are you understanding me? You are the one advancing. We are not running. Amen. Am I communicating? So, you have been delivered from Satan. Say, I have been delivered from Satan. Now, understand something. It's not saying that there, um, there are some demons you have been delivered from, you are not delivered from. No. Satan himself is the one you have been delivered from. He will tell his voice. Amen. Are you understanding me? And he has told them, glory to God. They all know, glory to God. They all know that Jesus rose again. There is no demon that doesn't know that. Do you know that when Jesus died, he went to hell, what the Bible calls the bottomless pit, Tartarus, and preached to the spirits in prison to tell them, I have resurrected. So that he will be Lord of heaven, earth, and beneath the earth. That's what the Bible says. He has given him a name, which is above every name. That the mention of that name, every knee shall bow. Of things in, in the earth, in heaven, and beneath the earth. And in the geography of the spirit, hell is beneath the earth. Amen. That means that even in hell, they know that Jesus is Lord. The Bible says he went to preach to the spirits in prison. You know, we always say that they went to hell to preach to, to the spirits in prison. But you know, those are not the only spirits in prison. God has different places where he locked some of them up. Amen. Some are locked in the bottomless pit in everlasting chains, according to scripture. If you read Revelation chapter 9, there are some that are locked in river Euphrates. There are four demons that are locked there. Four angels. Four fallen angels that are locked there. Go and read your Bible. That means there are other places that are locked. All of them were told. Jesus has resurrected. They all know. Amen. Amen. Those of you that did ministry of angels, I didn't teach you that one. <laughs> are you listening to me? So, listen to me. Listen to me. Satan and everyone around him knows that Jesus resurrected. Are you listening to me? All the demons know. When you are living here today, if a demon escorted you and stopped at the gates, when you get to the gate, they know that your case is closed. They know your case is closed. Have you not read the scripture? When a demon is cast out, he goes around the dry places. 
looking for rest. When he finds none, he comes back to the house that he left. The house is your body. <laughs> Amen. And then, if he finds it empty and garnished, he say, Woo! Wait. He goes to look for seven spirits. More wicked. That means there are levels of wickedness of demons. Seven spirits more wicked than him. And then they come and occupy. The Bible says the last state of the person is worse than it used to be. And I declare in the name of Jesus. Every demonic influence over any life is broken today. Now listen to me. Demons, some people think that when we cast out demons, when they go, they, they don't have any other job. Their occupation is possessing problem. That's their occupation. That's their full-time job. It's not a part-time job. So when you say, out! They just go to the next person. The enter another person. That's what, that's what demons do. There's some they cast out coming your way if you're a sinner. So the Bible says, you resist steadfast in the faith. They're always flying around looking for where to go. You could just, someday I just add, Ajib, just look at who to follow. <laughs> That's what the scripture said. The devil walked about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he, why did the Bible not say, div, now, listen, the Bible didn't say he's devouring people. No. He said seeking. That means he's looking. Can we go here? No. Can we go here? No. Can we go here? Let's say, yeah. This one is free. <laughs> and available. Unprotected. No sense. No word. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> no blood on his house. But it's not your story at all. I said it's not your story at all. Praise the Lord. Say I've been delivered from Satan. Say again I've been delivered from Satan. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. This is not what you'll be delivered from. It's what you have already been delivered from. Did you get that? The last thing you've been delivered from. I'll end with that. First Thessalonians 1 verse 10. This is the last thing you've been delivered from. First Thessalonians 1 verse 10. Let's read together. I want to go. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us. He's not saying which will. Deliver, that's done. From the wrath to come. You've been delivered from judgment. There's a judgment coming on the world. You have been delivered from it. A believer is not somebody thinking, if Jesus come, will I go? Will I go? Will I go? What are you talking about? Have you not read, if you read several scriptures in Thessalonians, he said, look, 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 look. He said, don't be afraid about that. Hallelujah. Don't lose sleep over that. 
He said, that day will not overcome you. Amen. Because you are the children of lights. Amen. That day will not just pass you by. It will overtake you as a thief. He said, it, it, it will be, because you are not the child of the night. You are the sons of lights. Why are you delivered from the wrath to come? Because Jesus had suffered that wrath already. He has been judged in your place. Amen. Are we together? So you've been delivered from the judgment to come. Time we feel me. There are different judgments in scripture. But the judgment for sin, you've been delivered. Amen. There's a judgment coming on the world. And it's for those that have not believed that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Jesus was talking about the Holy Ghost. Then he said, of sin, because they believe not in him. Amen. That means the sin is not believing in Jesus. The reason why a man is going to hell is the sin of not believing in Jesus. Amen. And the reason a man is going to heaven is because he has trusted in the sacrifice that Jesus made for him. Say, I've been delivered from judgment. Some people don't even know the meaning of grace. What does grace mean? Grace is an exemption from judgment. You can use Genesis 6, 8 to find out that. The whole world was being judged. That's the first time the word grace was ever used in the Bible. Genesis 6, 6 verse 8. But Noah found grace in the sight of God. Grace was used for the first time. And it was used in the context that the whole world had sinned, but somebody was exempted from the judgment that was to come on the world. And the church always is like to Noah and the ark. Amen. Am I communicating? Meaning that the church, just as Noah and the ark were exempted, so will the church be exempted. Just as Lot was exempted from the judgment that came on Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. Before the judgment came, Lot was sent out. Are you listening to me? He was taken out. Before the, the, the flood came, Noah was taken out and put in an ark. The same way, before the judgment came, comes, you'll be raptured. What are the four things you've been delivered from? Take it again. It's a fourfold deliverance. Amen. Are you delivered? Maybe tomorrow I will show you what you will still need to be delivered from. And I can give you a hint. Temptation. Amen. Amen. Tomorrow we'll talk about the things you need to be delivered from. Rise on your feet. I want to just speak some words. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded.